Welcome to the Not The Top 20 betting show. We are back from the EFL midweeker. What a few days we had, George, up in Leeds and down in London. Leeds won, West Brom nil, was a, a true championship footballing delight. And Brentford won, Bristol City won, slightly less so, but no less enjoyable. Now we turn to this weekend going through our selections ahead of the EFL weekend. Last week, both of our naps got done by injury time goals. Yours, Doncaster at Coventry and mine, Northampton against Morecambe. So fairly gutting results in that sense. Uh, But we go again, of course. This podcast is for over 18s only. We ask that you be gamble aware. Make sure you understand the risks surrounding gambling if you decide to have a punt this weekend. I want to start with you, George. I want you to, well... I was going to say redeem yourself after that nap loss last week, but it was pretty unfortunate. So where are you going this weekend? Yeah, it cost me a few quid that. So uh, trying to to get back on this weekend. And I'm going straight down to League Two. Uh, Oldham facing Cheltenham. And I'm siding with the away team here. Um, fair optimism, I think, amongst Oldham fans after the hiring of, of Dino Mamria. Um, he certainly, even if you're not a fan of his, I think he looks a better fit for this club than, than Laurent Bernid who never really settled into the job um, at all. And with, with Mamre's first home game, it was a 3-1 win uh, against Morecambe, which was their second win of the season, the first win they got at home. Um, and then Mamre showed a bit of that side of him we saw quite often at Stevenage, where he gave quite a foolish interview ahead of the Carlisle game, um, saying that whenever he goes to Carlisle, he always wins. And I think in the old the old cliche of managers doing the, the team talks with the other teams, um, they didn't really get a sniff at Carlisle. And so whilst... I mean, I think they're a better team now. Uh, I'm, I'm viewing them as, as a stronger outfit going forward. They're still a team that, are, that I think in terms of the actual squad they've got at their disposal look fairly short on quality um, and I expect them still to be fighting towards the bottom end of the table and it's worth also pointing out that any win against Morecambe at the moment I think has a little asterisk next to it because they are, um, you know, if, if we were talking, they're not quite as bad as Bolton were a couple of weeks ago, but they're still the whipping boys of the league and, and most teams are finding it pretty easy to, to dispatch them. So, you know, it's the perfect game for, for Mamria to have early on in his tenure. Um, that doesn't necessarily make it a win that signifies any great change in, in how we can assess them going forward. Cheltenham um, have just been brilliant under Mike Duff. He's doing a fantastic job there and, and quite quickly we're having to change the way we talk about them where it was as a team who, who found it very easy to pick up points at home um, but struggled on their travels. The same, It was the same at the early part of this season as well but their last two away wins at Salford and at Plymouth, both really impressive. Um, the form of the Salford win may not really have been franked given what's happened at Salford since with Forrest Green going there and winning 4-0 um, but even so to, to kind of get those two wins under their belts with, with no reply um, to get six points on the road from six, you know, shows that this is no fluke from this Cheltenham team. And uh, I think they're they're going to be, you know, we outlined them as a dark horses at the beginning of the season. And I think that's still the case here. The one-all draw against Crew, a decent result against a very, very good team. And the away defeats that we've seen um, at Leighton Orient and at Crawley, both just marginal 1-0 defeats. They're, they're definitely not a team anymore who, who just don't turn up on the road. Uh, and looking at the odds here, despite the home advantage for Oldham, um, I, I, I can't, really imagine why they're favourites um, this is that there's a, a quality gap between the two teams there's a form gap between the two teams I'm a much bigger fan of, of Cheltenham's manager as well so at two to one um, I think Cheltenham to continue their good run on the road and to uh, maybe 
kind of end the honeymoon period for, for Mamre Oldham. Um, because the other crucial thing with Oldham is we've seen under this under this owner multiple different managers come and go, um, all complaining of the same issues. So I think it's fanciful to think that it's going to be any different this time around. Um, Feels like with Cheltenham, you you can at least expect like a a six or seven out of ten performance. They're they're not always scintillatingly good, but they're just so well organised, so well drilled. They they come across, and I use this phrase sometimes, like a team that knows themselves, and that's credit to to Mike Duff. Whereas Oldham, because of all the turnover of players that happens in each window, because of the new manager, of course, it's hard to predict the same sort of consistency of performance at this uh, at this stage of the season. Um, so Cheltenham, your nap. My nap is also in League Two. It's uh, well, last week. My nap came against Morecambe, and I picked Northampton. They were two 0 up, conceded two uh, one in injury time. I called it an automatic bet against Morecambe. So ended up looking a little bit foolish there, uh, but I'm going again. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm picking Port Vale and under four point five uh, to beat Morecambe at Vale Park this weekend. So available at one point nine five with Coral as we record, and I think that this Morecambe side, despite a, a battling point against Northampton, and I think they were, you know, it, they were good for it. I, I shouldn't moan too much, but I still think they are. Well, their their, their performances so far this season have been very, very concerning. Away from home, they've been really poor. Um, they've got seven points from eleven league games. They've conceded seventeen goals in their last seven. Uh, overall, in in the league this season, they've had the joint fewest shots on target. They've faced the second most. They are bottom of all of the XG tables that you can get your hands on, whether it's Fox Punter, whether it's Experimental 361 or Y Scout. Um, their last three away games, they've lost to Swindon, Scunthorpe, and Oldham. And I and I'm still, despite that point last week, I'm just not convinced that Morecambe are a, are a team good enough to win many games in this division. Port Vale, I think, are ticking along quite nicely under John Askey and they're looking really really strong at home um, they've got the second best home record in the division with three wins and two draws in their five games this season and the underlying numbers back that up uh, no fluke 69% ratio uh, XG ratio at home this season which is very nice indeed um, they've only won nine league games under John Askey in his in his tenure since February and none of them have gone over 4.5 so you know despite strengthening despite improving they're not a team that that really blows teams away their games generally are not high scoring um i'm sort of just trying to boost the price a little bit by going under 4.5 goals um you know straight up port vale i think you can get around 1.7 so uh, port vale and under 4.5 to beat morecambe uh, this week so i'm expecting a, a comfortable uh, but not necessarily a glut of goals in terms of this uh, vale morecambe game uh, George your next selection where does that come comes in the game of the weekend in my opinion um, and it's in league one it is the two class teams in my opinion Fleetwood playing against Ipswich Fleetwood are the favourites to win this unsurprisingly given home advantage but I think that there is a little bit of value in the 11 to 5 about Ipswich who are coming to this game having played 10 one seven drawn three and lost zero uh, I mentioned on the podcast the other day that they kind of reminded me a little bit of, of Sunderland in the way they go about their wins um, from last season where fairly um, not particularly flashy you know they went to MK Dons and 1-1-0 keeping MK Dons at arm's length they went to Gillingham and again invited on some pressure after going 1-0 up but, but realistically being pretty comfortable as I also said then the, the troubling data that Sunderland posted last season isn't 
the case here with Ipswich. They are pretty dominant at both ends of the pitch. Um, and even though they do invite on it, invite on a little bit of pressure, as we saw against Tranmere on Saturday, they went 1-0 up, they conceded, and then they just went into another gear and eased clear and, and won the game 4-1. Um, they are, I mean, Paul Lambert has certainly uh, shaken off any remnants of last season. Um, they've got class all, all around the pitch. We thought that James Norwood was going to be the man they relied on for goals, but they're, they're picking up goals from absolutely everywhere. It's great to see John, John Nolan back in form. It's great to see Caden Jackson back on form. And their back four um, are looking really, really solid at, at preventing decent opportunities for the opposition. Back four and a half, mate. Going to stop you there because old Scoozy, yeah. he drops in, doesn't he? Indeed. Drops out. He, he's added a nice bit of flexibility to, to the shapes they can play. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he provides that that kind of base, I guess, for the creative midfielder and Flynn Downs to, to do the, the ball playing work as well. Um, but having said that, I am a big fan of this Fleetwood team. Um, and, you know, I tipped them up a couple of weeks ago um, to win the league at 20 to 1. There's none of that around anymore. Um, but I think in terms of the way this game is going to play out, it's going to suit Ipswich. Um, Fleetwood's home form is good in terms of points collected, but in terms of actual performances and the score lines and the way they're going about it, you could argue they've been a, not fortunate, but not particularly dominant either. Um, their last home win was against Rochdale, who um, are looking incredibly poor, and, and they got through that one 2-1. They beat Oxford 2-1 as well, whilst Oxford win a, a pretty poor run of form, um, a very different team to the one that we're seeing now. Um, they got past Accrington 2-0, but Accrington were down to 10 men. Uh, they drew one all with Wickham at home. Um, so really kind of struggling to see teams off. I mean, even AFC Wimbledon early on in the season, they only won that game 2-1 as well. So they're winning by the odd goal um, or getting a bit of help along the way. And I just feel like if Ipswich can, can nick the lead here um, and they're having absolutely no trouble at all scoring goals and it's going to be difficult for Fleetwood to get back into the game. Um, given Ipswich's quality across the pitch, given the, the pedigree of their manager, um, I don't think they should be bigger than 2-1 to one, um, against basically any team. So at 11-5, they rank a, a pretty strong bet for me. Um, again, not not to say that that's um, anything against Fleetwood at all. Wouldn't be a surprise at all to see them um, you know, really sit their claim and win this game. But given the prices, uh, I think Ipswich are too big. Tidy. Uh, my second selection in League Two, Grimsby to beat Mansfield. Uh, you can get two point nine with Boyle Sports, two point eight seven with Bet three six five. So they're just under two to one, and I can't understand it. I must admit, you know, we've been doing this for quite a while now, and generally, you know, you, 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 when you're studying the prices for every game, every week, every game week, you, you do get more of more and more of an idea of how and why the traders price things up i'm really surprised at, at this price grimsby um it can't be results that makes them that makes mansfield favorites to win this game because grimsby is seventh mansfield are a 19th uh it can't be performance data certainly the fox punter rating system that we subscribe to has grimsby as a, a top four team so far this season in terms of XG ratio, Mansfield more around the 15th, 16th mark. Uh, Grimsby also have the best XG ratio at home this season, the most dominant team in League Two in terms of the underlying numbers. Uh, Mansfield 13th or so away from home. Uh, it, it certainly can't be intangible stuff such as you know atmosphere around the club, um, managerial status, because you've got a rookie manager in John Dempster who... You know, and, and I don't want to be brutal here, but it, it it's hard to imagine it could have gone much worse in the first 11 games. This is a Mansfield team we expected to be right up there. We weren't the only ones. They've won two of 11 games. Um, they've not been 
they've been unlucky in some of the games, but it's not like it doesn't feel like they're bubbling under the surface. They're about to go on an amazing run. His own um, status as manager, of course, has been questioned outwardly by the fans during games and on social media. Um, the club sticking with him at the moment. On the flip side, I think Grimsby fans must be pretty bloody happy with Michael Jolly. Um, good stability at the club there. He's helping to improve the club and it's not necessarily happening at an extreme pace, but you can see it gradually. They're so much better than last season. That's clear. Uh, the summer recruitment has been good. Um, summer signings, Hansen and Green, loan signing Ethan Robson, all contributing big time to a, a team that's currently in the playoff positions, which is more than, than certainly we expected from them this season. So intangibles, Grimsby win again. I suppose playing devil's advocate with myself, Grimsby's home form is um, two wins, two draws, one defeat. So two wins in five. Uh, Mansfield won one, drawn two, lost two away. So they've only lost two out of five away from home. So maybe that's it. I, I suspect there's also sort of perceived strength of squad at play here. Mansfield, having been up there with the preseason favourites for promotion, so many good players for this level, like Christian Pierce and, and Danny Rose and Neil Bishop and CJ Hamilton and many, many more. For whatever reason, they are not a good team this season. So I, I just think it's wrong, basically, to have Grimsby a not favourites for this game and be you know just a shade under two to one. So Grimsby certainly a, a bullish selection for me this week. Um, they showed last week in that win at Exeter uh, away from home that as well as the threat of Hansen, who's the best target man in League Two, and Green, who's a great poacher, to, a great foil for Hansen, um, that they can play a different way as well, counter attacking with pace um, and, and Ethan Robson with three cracking goals in the last two games. So Grimsby to beat Mansfield. There you go. Uh, third selection from you, George Ellick. Yeah, I was stung <clears throat> by Cambridge on the weekend. They drew one all the way at Stevenage in a game that I think um, they should have won. They scored a, a kind of a late equaliser, but they hit the woodwork. And reading the quotes afterwards from Colin Calderwood, um, he was pretty convinced that, that the point was, was, I mean, at least what they deserved effectively. And they host Macclesfield, who... You know, we often talk about teams who are going under the radar in terms of doing well. I think Macclesfield are having kind of an under the radar collapse a bit under the new manager, Darren McMahon. Um, it looks like Sol Campbell um, timed his departure very, very well. Um, maybe he could see what was coming and thought he'd get out before his uh, reputation um, could be damaged. Because, you know, they were always paddling upstream this season, Macclesfield. Um, it was always going to be a difficult campaign for them after the miracle of last season. Um, and results really have turned. Um, they haven't won uh, a game in the league um, since the 24th of, of August where they beat Scunthorpe 1-0. Um, that's one of three wins so far this season. They picked up a, a few draws at home to Crawley, a home to Newport and at home to Colchester. Three decent points, you have to say, against all right teams, but all three of them coming at home. The away results, nothing like that. 3-0 away at Swindon, 1-0 um, away at Grimsby as well. Um, so it's yeah as I say it, it's looking difficult and Cambridge are a team that I'm pretty happy to to kind of continue um, getting alongside because uh, I think predicted to struggle it's fair to say this season but there are enough signs that A the players that they've recruited are of, of a much higher quality than they had last season and also that Colin Calderwood has them pretty effective now um, you have to say, and Saturday's, despite not kind of getting the bet up, I think Saturday's performance was more evidence to show that they should be able to dispatch some of the some of the weaker teams in the league. Um, they're not a particularly big price; they're twenty-one to twenty, so um, you know just a shade of odds against uh, odds on in a few places as well who've already cut. 
Um, so yeah, Cambridge to, to beat Macclesfield is my third pick. I struggled with with a third pick. I, I'm finding this weekend relatively difficult, I must say. I'm happy in the end to just take Gillingham to beat Southend uh, in League One this weekend. They are short, that's for sure. Uh, 1.8, best price with Marathon Bet. Uh, they certainly need a reaction of sorts, uh, Gillingham, after a, 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 a poor run of form and uh, yeah, some disappointing results, certainly uh, thrashed really at Oxford in the first half last week barely laid a glove on them uh, it, they were sort of as you alluded to earlier they lost at home to Ipswich before that and they sort of huffed and puffed but couldn't break down Ipswich um, before that it was a one-all draw with Bristol Rovers um, at home this season they've been okay I mean they beat Bolton 5-0 uh, which we, we didn't put too much importance on that really at the time uh, they beat Wickham 2-0 um, but they have lost to Ipswich Burton and drawn with Blackpool. Um, so it's clear that the strength of, of my opinion here is, is just based on Southend continuing to be quite desperate uh, in my eyes. I get the feeling um, that they are just sort of sitting around waiting for a new manager. Um, and that, as, as we record, is certainly nothing's been confirmed. It's also quite an interesting appointment because uh, it appears to be down to Adam Barrett, club legend, and Henrik Larsson, footballing legend. And as far as a poll that I saw on Twitter with Chris Phillips, who's the, the local journo there, uh, 81% of Southend fans want Barrett. Uh, but it feels like the chairman has been flirting with Henrik Larsson. Uh, he's been at two or three of the games recently, been flying back and forth for talk. So it'll be really interesting to see who he appoints and how that appointment affects the club. Because actually... They're in somewhat of a crisis. They, they couldn't have started the season any worse. Uh, they've conceded four goals away from home in three of their five away games. Um, last, you know, they did get a win against MK Dons, was it two weeks ago? Uh, fairly, fairly lucky, I think, on balance of play. Um, you know, they grounded out and that was rare. But um, back to losing ways last week at home to Accrington Stanley. Um, they had five shots, all from outside the box, none of them on target. Um, just a purely miserable performance, and I and I don't see that changing, particularly this weekend. They played in the in the old leasing.com in midweek. They lost at home to Brighton. It was one of their lowest ever attendances. Atmosphere at an all-time low, uh, according to Chris Phillips, that local journalist, uh, and Gary Waddock, who's been the interim manager, um, just absolutely despondent afterwards. Didn't talk to the players after the game. Completely slammed them in the press. Now, these were mostly sort of second-string players, um, but it doesn't bode particularly well for, for competition of places. And in any case, the first team haven't exactly been performing. So I'm taking Gillingham at home here, uh, a reflection of how poor I think Southend are. Uh, any thoughts on that, George, as we move into the bonus selections? Yeah, my bonus selection, Southend at 15-4. to four. Um, This what? is... I Yeah, I just... I just think that... Gillingham are also absolutely terrible um, and I can't see many signs of life from them at all. Um, you know, they have picked up decent results. Um, the 2-0 win against Wickham being the obvious one. Um, but they, as you say, they didn't really turn up on Saturday. Um, they are a team who seem to almost be stirred into life when it's when it's a little bit too late. Um, Steve Evans is not having his usual effect at Gillingham, it's fair to say, and, and maybe given what happened in his last role at, Peter, at Peterborough, Maybe he's slightly losing that Midas touch um, that he used to have. They've scored just 14 goals from their 10 games so far this season as well. Um, I'm not a massive fan of anyone really in the squad. Uh, they have no one 
who I think, you know, Alex Kubiak is their main goal threat who has never been prolific in his career um, and is, uh, yeah, I don't think he's a particularly good League One player. I mean, South End, there's no denying that they are also very, very poor, but I think that they've shown an element of, of improving under Gary Waddock. Um, they had, of course, their, their first win of the season away from home at MK Dons. They put in a very good performance away from home at Shrewsbury, which they drew 4-3. Um, and maybe they're a team who, given the kind of toxic atmosphere at Roots Hall recently, um, are, are one who are going to enjoy their time on their travels more than, than at home. Um, and, you know, beating MK Dons in that game was was a significant one. I think this is, a, a, you know, it's two poor teams playing each other. Gillingham are, are by far and away more likely to win, given the home advantage. But um, at 15-4, to four, I think Southend are worth a speculative bet just to... Um, just in case Gillingham really are falling off a cliff here. Haven't had many head-to-heads this season, so I'm pretty excited about that. I personally thrilled to be on the side of uh, Steve Evans's Jills, uh, and you on the side of Gary the Wad Waddock uh, and his interim South End side. Uh, my bonus pick is uh, Jake Cooper as my centre-back goal scorer. Uh, Millwall are playing Leeds. Uh, you've been through Millwall's lack of goal threat from open play, and I think that is well known at this point but certainly the flip side of that is that from set plays from set pieces that is their key area of expertise that is a uh, a circumstance where they create a lot of chances and there's two big reasons for that one of them is Matt Smith who is exceptionally tall and one of them is Jake Cooper who I think is possibly even taller Cooper the centre-back has had the joint most attempts uh, at goal from set pieces out of any centre-back. He's normally pretty short to score first in in your average game. Of course, a, a fixture against Leeds, not necessarily your average game because the market values them very, very highly. So he's a little bit longer than usual and I want to take this opportunity to get on Jake Cooper, first goal scorer. He is, I think, the tallest outfield player in the league. Um, there's basically no one that can jump above him. Therefore, he, he, he just wins a huge percentage of those aerial duels. Now, last season, he got a lot of assists, didn't he? Because he would knock them down and uh, Gregory or someone else would sort of stab them in. But I'm, I'm going to go for a Cooper goal. And another reason for this that, that strengthened my resolve is obviously Liam Cooper's injury in midweek at, at the Leeds-West Brom game where we were. It looked as he went off that it, it wasn't a sort of slight knock it, it looked at the time and this is you know complete hearsay um that you know this might be a, an injury that would take a few weeks to recover from so given that his replacement is is Berardi who is maximum five foot nine um I've no doubt he won't be marking Cooper um, but it does beg the question who will because the other tallest players in those teams you're looking at a, a Ben White not the tallest centre-back um, a Calvin Phillips, maybe, I suppose, a, a Bamford, a Click, or if Ailing comes in, which I suspect he might due to Millwall's aerial presence, maybe Ailing. Now, all of those guys have, well, they're giving up a couple of inches on, on Jake Cooper's height, uh, and so I'm, I'm just quite into this. I think Millwall will chuck it into the box every chance they get uh, in this game and, and look to exploit Leeds's potential weakness from set pieces, which has seen them concede three out of five from corners this season. So you're, like, you're after a bit of a coupe du tête, is that right? Wow, a bit of French, a French pun. Yeah. That's, that is exceptional. <laughs> That's absolutely exceptional. A coupe de tête, which of course is a headbutt in French. I'm looking for Jake Cooper to headbutt the ball 
into the Leeds net. Guys, thanks for listening to this betting show. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, if you've got anything from it, if you think there's been any insight or just some entertainment maybe, then do drop us a retweet. It helps us to spread the word, share the podcast to a new audience. Um, we've had a hell of a week travelling the country. Uh, we're both at games this weekend as well. I'll be at Bristol City Reading with the Quest Highlights show. I'll be on that show uh, for the League One and League Two segments, so tune in on Saturday night. George, you're going to the Fulham game, aren't you? Fulham against Charlton. Charlton. <coughs> nice game, that one. So join us on Monday as we look back at what promises to be a very exciting weekend across all three divisions. And thanks again for listening.